Now, another UFC event is in the books, and for those who watched it, boy, did it deliver. UFC 295 from the famed Madison Square Garden in New York saw every main main card uh, fight finish inside two rounds. That includes the two title fights. To discuss this, Sky Sports UFC Now presenter and all-round top presenter as well, Ravinda Huni joins us now. Uh, Rav, always loved to have your show. Thanks so much for your time today. Let's talk about, first of all, I want to start with the, the call-out for Israel Adesanya. Now, this is a, a big deal. You are very close to the city kickboxing camp, tempting him to come out of his own uh, self-imposed sabbatical and potentially in line for UFC 300. Your thoughts on, first of all, the call, and second of all, the likelihood of him doing so? Oh, first of all, kia ora Sam, and thank you so much for having me. It's nice to talk to you again. Um, no, I thought the call-out was quite fitting. I was half expecting it to happen, to be fair, if Alex Pereira uh, won that fight. I know that, you know, they've fought many times before, but obviously for Pereira there's some unfinished business there. Um, when um, Izzy won that title back, so I wasn't surprised at all. I actually wanted to ask him during fight week, you know, if you win, um, do you want to call Izzy out to pull him up to light heavyweight? So it'd be interesting to see if Izzy does do that, and I know that he is on this sabbatical right now. I think there is a little bit more to it than just him taking a rest at the moment, so it will be interesting to see when Izzy will be set to return and which division that will be in. So that, that performance from uh, Bahada is pretty pretty amazing, obviously, to be the first man in, in UFC history to win the middleweight and the light heavyweight titles. Uh, and, and the emphatic na- na- uh, way that it came through, it was obviously uh, a, cr- a sweeping feeling across the, the whole fight card, but that, that was an emphatic blow. Absolutely was, and kind of expected. I, I don't actually think of Alex Pereira as one of the most exciting fighters, to be fair. He just wins in great fashion and he's very calculated. He doesn't throw um, strikes for nothing. So he, you know, first of all started chipping away at Yuri Prohaska's leg and his leg, you know, became bruised instantly. So he was already coming in with a game plan and a very set game plan. And he didn't really, you know, pop off at any time. He was very patient. Um, he knew what was coming at him in terms of Yuri Prohaska, who's a very unorthodox fighter. You don't know what you're going to get from him. So I thought he weathered him uh, quite well. There was debate, obviously, if that fight was stopped a little too early. But in my opinion, I thought Yuri, you know, had folded over and was um, um, pretty much out at the time the ref called that fight. But Alex Pereira, very calculated, and this would only give him even more determination to come back um, for Izzy. That's an interim heavyweight title fight. Did you have um, Tom Aspinall to wing? And if you did, did you have it in under 90 seconds? You know what, I feel so guilty about this because um, I've never really put Tom Aspinall up in that top echelon of heavyweight fighters and people say I'm crazy for doing that but his last three fights prior to this, he's been fighting out of London, he doesn't even fight on the side, you know, on in America at all. So I was like, hmm, he's ranked number four but we'll see how he goes, you know, Pavlovich is this... <laughs> Serial, you know, knockout artist who does never comes out of the first round. So, you know, two weeks um, preparation to to come up against um, Sergey, who had a full camp. Um, you know, I, I kind of felt like the writings were on the wall. But jeepers, did he come out swinging? I mean, the fight was always going to end that way. It was just a matter of who was going to get the finish. And Tom Aspinall, if you can do that on two weeks' notice, I think he wasn't even training for the last week because he had a back injury. Imagine what he could do when he's fighting for the undisputed title fight, hopefully against John Jones. Now, obviously, you live and breathe the, the fight game. Have you seen or recall a card like that where everything felt so 
pacey. I mean, to have a, a card with, with the results coming in the, uh, the what the second and third rounds and everything is that's unheard of. Yeah, it, it absolutely is, and it usually, you know, action like that and um, fast fights and knockouts and all that sort of thing usually happen on a fight night card. So, you know, the non-pay-per-view cards, because so many fighters have so much to prove so that they can get onto those pay-per-view cards, you don't really see this um, too much on pay-per-view cards. So it was really cool to see everyone just putting it out there, two new champions crowned. I'd like to, you know, pay homage to the females as well, the straw weights, Jessica Andrade getting the win over... Mackenzie Dern as well. I had Mackenzie Dern for all money winning that fight as well. So, um, yeah, it's nice to be proved wrong every now and then and to see some really exciting fights. Rav, producer Brad here. It's interesting. The UFC have kind of booked themselves into a corner with the heavyweight division because John Jones, by all intents and purposes, is going to be ruled out until about this time next year. Steve Miocic yeah. is, what, 42? And he's got that one fight left that he wants, that legacy fight. So what what do they do now? Like, we've got Cyril Garn there. I mean, you know, and aside from him, I think Sergei Spivak is the other guy that's on a winning streak. But Aspinall's actually cleaned out all of the other contenders on his way to this title fight anyway. Uh, they, they, they're kind of in a jam. And, and how do they look? How do they bring John Jones back into the mix? Do they give him the Steve Miocic fight and then the winner would fight Aspinall in a, in a year and a half time for me it's it's actually confused matters rather than made it clearer i agree with that and um as per how it works if you fight for an interim title you are next in line for the undisputed so i don't know how they're going to do that i know you know when conor mcgregor dips in and out of the ufc he pretty much dictates what he wants to do will they allow john jones to do the same thing possibly in my opinion and you know looking at um interim i mean if they didn't want this winner to fight John Jones next, then they shouldn't have put it up as an interim heavyweight title. Because to me, um, Tom Aspinall is next in line for John Jones simply based on that. Um, but then again, you know, John Jones and um, everyone wants to see Stipe come back. And Stipe, as you say, will only fight John Jones. So yeah, it's quite the bloody, <laughs> it's quite the conundrum at the moment. But in my opinion, Tom Aspinall has earned the right to fight John Jones next. Well, as far as uh, speaking of next, a uh, huge fight for uh, UFC 296 with the year-ending card for that one. Uh, Kiwi uh, Kalis Ulberg, as well as Brad has not point, pointed out as well, the uh, the sexiest man in UFC, uh, Ravinda. So I'll, I'll look for your um, retort to uh, to Brad's statement on that one. But uh, as far as his uh, career goes, against former light heavyweight title contender Dominic Reyes. Yeah, that's an exciting, um, and it kind of kept down the wraps too. It was nice to see that just pop up on the card on the weekend and go, oh, there's Carlos, he's going to be coming in on January. Yeah, a fight against Dominic Reyes is great. Everything that he's worked on up until this point has been to fight a ranked fighter. Um, Carlos has five wins under his belt in the UFC so far, so we've been waiting for him to come up against a ranked fighter. Dominic Reyes, I think, is 13th at the moment, so this will be a great way to propel him um, into the rankings. Dominic Reyes is coming off four losses, I believe, but those are up against people like Jan Blahovic, John Jones, Ryan Spann, and I can't remember the other one. I think it's Yuri Prohaska, actually. So he's coming off losses, but against the top, you know, the top of the division. So this is a great test for Carlos Olberg. He'll be going in full of confidence, um, purely based on um, his results so far. The the trick for Carlos, though, is to come in injury-free. A couple of his fights, he's been coming in ankle injuries and, and all this other sort of thing. So hopefully um, keeping himself fit and well because this will be the toughest um, competition of his career. Is this the title launch Paddy needs? I think it's the... I think it's absolutely is. 
Um, I think he's he could possibly be in a bit of competition with Tyson Pedro, who's slowly slowly climbing through as well. So we've got you know two CKB fighters in that light heavyweight division who are vying for spots in that top 15. So I don't know if it's going to be a race to the top for the both of them. Now, Runda Hunia and Brad Lewis are two of the most respected and uh, and passionate UFC uh, sports media people I know. I, I need to know, is, is, is Brad uh, on the money? Because when he, he puts his neck on the line with his calls, as uh, producer Brad, and we're a, a big fan of that. But the uh, the sexiest man in UFC is a massive call on, on Carlos. <laughs> you know what? I've heard Brad say this many a time. So, it, it, it's, not, um, it's, not rare, it's not uncommon, is it? It's not rare for him to spit this well, out. Well, he might, he might also I'll say yes, rev... because I know my husband's not listening. <laughs> and he might, he might also be the nicest man in MMA as well. So, like, you know, he's, he's a very lovely human being. So. Well, I don't Definitely. know. Absolutely, and he has France. great teeth as well. Kai's pretty lovely. <laughs> lovely. I'm a big fan of uh, the Warriors wrestling coach. He's a lovely fella. Oh, I see what you did there, Sam. <laughs> yeah, you did. You sure did, Rab. Yeah. Uh, now, uh, as we're talking about the uh, the fight game, uh, this this chatting out about uh, Joseph Parker, Deontay Wilder for Saudi Arabia. This this would be, this is a real. Uh, I'm sure there's big money on it, but it's uh, kind of all on the line when you're looking for a comeback and taking on a guy of that standing. That is absolutely just like a dream. That is, you know, and it, kudos to Joseph Parker for doing what he's been doing um, with the Fury campaign out of New Zealand and all that sort of thing to be working away, chipping away, getting some good wins. His last outing obviously was very um, good for him in terms of that knockout. So, man, just imagine um, a fight against Deontay Wilder, one of the best in the game. Um, I'm not even quite sure how that fight would go. I'm always excited to see Joseph Parker coming into the ring now. I always think he offers something a little bit different. I think the, the um, what would you call it? I, I feel like when you see Deontay Wilder, you kind of get what you get with him. You, we, we've seen it before, so he doesn't really switch up his style that much. He's long, he's lanky, two steps, and he's in the middle of the ring because he's just so long. So it'll be exciting to see this challenge for Joseph Parker. And I also think, you know, depending on the performance, win or lose, it's just going to catapult him as well and, and put him on the books as, you know, a viable contender for anybody and to get those big money fights as well. I really appreciate your time. As always, Ravindonia from Sky. Keep up the great work and look forward to uh, talking to you again soon. Thank you, team. That is Ravindonia knows her stuff inside and out.